And welcome, Rugby Rant fans. It's another episode of the Run, Passer Kick, baby. I'm the big guy, Scott Ferrara. We got Rob the Hammer Hammerschmidt. And joining us today, the NOLA Gold GM, Ryan Fitzgerald. Ryan, how you doing? Thanks, guys. Kent, uh, out, out, doing outstanding. Great day to be alive. Uh, I really appreciate you guys, and uh, I'm excited excited to be on here. You know, watch Nate and uh, come on here. Watch JP. Watch you know tons of your guys' stuff uh, in the past, and uh, really thank you guys for all you guys do. You guys, you know, this is the heart and soul of the league. People, you know, guys like you that getting on people in the league and stuff like that, getting on GMs, getting on coaches, players. This one, this one makes the game grow. You know, and uh, I really, uh, really excited to be on. Really excited to be on. Well, I'm hey, we're excited to have you because you know. I gotta, I gotta respect my Beauty boys. Rob. Give love to my boys, right? Great work, Rob. Yeah. Great work. <laughs> I'm telling you, that's his PJs because uh, as, as more as more and more Nola merch comes into the Hammerschmidt household, I know Mrs. Hammer's like, oh, "Well, are you wearing it? Are you wearing yeah. it?" I'm sure he's wearing them as undershirts when he's going to class and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, so, I, think I think Jessica and our and our merchandise has got the address <laughs> down by heart, probably as far as where to yeah, I'm sure yeah. she does. Yeah. Yeah. I want to produce some underwear. That's the only garment I don't have. Is the, <laughs> yeah, the boxers, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So for those of you that don't know Ryan Fitzgerald, uh, he's a native of Wisconsin, decorated rugby player, United States Marine, um, professional football scout uh, in twenty in two thousand three, following standout career at. Um, was that Muskego High School as a lock and a back row player? Um, he was selected to represent United States in the U19s um, World Cup in France, right? Yes, sir. Yep. In France. Cool. Um, afterward, he took a four year hiatus. He started his uh, career as a United States Marine. Um, coming back, um, you know, he, he started uh, uh, contributing to uh, the Milwaukee Rugby Club in 2010. He transferred his talents to New Orleans Rugby Football Club, and he's now the NOLA Gold GM. I mean, that's quite quite a resume. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a ride, you know. It's been a ride, you know, for sure. And uh, take some chance. You know, I moved down here to move down here to New Orleans in 2011, and uh, thought maybe it's going to be a six month season. Uh, my lieutenant that I served with in Iraq twice actually lived down here in New Orleans. Um, you know, moved down here. Uh, I'm sorry, not 2011, but down here for 11 years. Moved 2009. I apologize. Summer uh, September of 2009. And moved down here, thought maybe it'd be a six-month season and uh, doing some work with them. And, you know, here we are now, you know, uh, this September will be, what, 11, 12 years, you know. So um, it's funny how it works out like that. Met some unbelievable people, people that have, you know, obviously got people like Tim Falcon and stuff and, uh, you know, the whole Falcon family, friends down here for life that have changed your life. So uh, can't think of a better place, uh, you know. A extremely cool place in a really warm, hot spot. You know, so. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Well, absolutely. I, you know, being down there, I, I, Jared uh, Cusimano, kudos to that guy. Um, I chatted with him, and he asked me towards the end of my weekend. He's like, uh, "So, what was your favorite part of New Orleans?" And I'm like, "Welling up." Um, yeah. And 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 I'm like, "It's the people." Yeah, you know, it really is. Yeah, Dan it's Falcon, uh, Benji, Tim. Um, you know, um, everybody down there was just, uh, off the hook. Fabulous. So, yeah, yeah, so, it, uh, it is. it's a, it's a, it's a really, you know, it's an unbelievable family, unbelievable, you know, bond and brotherhood. And I think that the players feel that obviously we'll discuss that, you know, coming up here, but like, that's what, uh, kind of the backbone of, uh, you know, and, uh, a lot of people talk about that, but that's kind of always been a key part for our recruiting yeah. as well. Absolutely. Uh, uh, as an aside, we were talking about merch earlier. Scott, uh, I noticed something back there in the background, bright and orange. I know it's not a construction uniform. Um, <laughs> what, what is that? 
Yeah, my construction days are behind me. Uh, I haven't worked in the field in construction in a long time. Uh, the only construction projects I have are at my house, and I definitely don't need a safety vest. But behind me is Rooney's Away Kit. Uh, for those of you that don't know, the uh, stripes in the Away Kit are all the different neighborhoods in New York City and the five boroughs. And you get that stuff at shopmlr.com. I mean, they have merch everywhere. I mean, you talk about it. I think the only thing they don't have is MLR underwear, to be quite honest. Um, between kits, between shirts, between tank tops, hats, from head to toe, Shop MLR has all your MLR needs for anything you could, you could ever want. I mean, I got to be honest. Once or twice a week, a Shop MLR package has shown up to my house since the season started. And I have to hide them from my wife because she's very upset with me. <laughs> but seriously, folks, no, I'm I'm serious. She's like getting on me about it, and you gotta hide the credit card and all that. But um, seriously, you can, I I grab things from every team: Utah, Seattle, Giltinis. It, all the merch is there for all the teams. So please go to shopmlr.com for all your MLR purchases. Rob, tell the new folks who maybe haven't seen the run passer kick how it works. Yeah, it's, it's quite simple. Run, pass, or kick is our unique interview style. Basically, it works like this. We're going to prompt each question with run, pass, or kick. And Ryan's going to have three options. He'll just tell us what he wants to do. He can run with the question, which is to say that he's going to go ahead and answer the question and take it up straight away. He can also pass the question, which is to say maybe it's a question he doesn't want to answer. It's a tough question or perhaps one that uh, he doesn't want to spill the beans on yet. Or he can have a little fun with us, put us on the back foot. And he can kick a question, which is to say he's going to go ahead and kick it to one of us. We'll assume it's a person that asks the question unless he directs his kick. We're not sure how good a forwards are at that, but we'll assume he's pretty <laughs> adept with both feet. Um, and we're going to answer in his stead. And he can grade us out, tell us we were crap, tell us we were awesome, and even follow up and give it a little context. So, Ryan, are you ready for the run, pass, or kick interview? I am ready. Just for the record, when I started playing high school rugby in Muskego, you know, Joe Plemons, our coach, everything that I think I watched the New Zealand All Blacks game. It's like my second practice and tried to kick that first practice, and he made it very clear we don't need you kicking ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Listen, yeah. If, 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 only, if only you could kick like Dylan Foster to Patty Ryan, you know what I mean? Yeah, those those are go. two forwards who can really, were really light and delicate with it and make yeah. it look good. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but we talked about your background and your experiences and my first question, run pass or kick, you are a Marine. Um, how did your experience in the Marine Corps carry over and impact you as a general manager of the NOLA Gold? Yeah. Um, I've definitely run with that one. Um, I, uh, near and dear to my heart, obviously in the United States Marine Corps. And, um, I, I tried to, you know, you take you take life lessons from the Marine Corps and from the time that they're there. Good good times, tough times, bad times, the whole night, everything, all the experiences you take with you in every in every walk of life. I try to. Um, it's something that's with you every single day. Um, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving, as far as the brotherhood and the relationships and the um, that you carry on for life. And um, where it transfers over, I think a lot to a team and into the locker room. As a lot of times, you know. Uh, the adversity, uh, you know, just, you know, the adversity and dealing with adversity. A lot of people talk about and teams, you know, all sports want to talk about brotherhood and culture and family. And that's great, obviously. But I don't think, you know, with all due respect, I don't think you just become a brotherhood the second that you just put on a, the same jersey. Just because you sign on the same dotted line, you're not a brother. I think you you earn that when you, you grind together through training camp, through tough times, uh, 2018, when you know, uh, we're starting MLR and it's an infancy and guys are willing to take risk and saying, Hey, we don't have a lot of red carpet to roll out right now, but if you stick with it and you grind it brick by brick, you know, this is going to be something special. 
And that's why I was so excited coming here to the gold mine, you know, under four years. The guys have been here for years and kind of built this thing together. That's what kind of builds that culture and that family and that brotherhood. And, you know, getting through the tough times. It's easy. It's very easy to get through the easy times. All the wins, all the fun times, socials, those are all great. <laughs> but you find out a lot of character about yourself, uh, not only in the Marine Corps, but in rugby or, you know, any walk of life about who's with you through the tough ones and the grind and uh, some long stretches or, you know, bad, tough losses, whatever it is. Um, and I think that adversity and dealing with that is what kind of try to bring the hardest. And that's why I kind of always say it's a great day to be alive uh, because you do two tours in Iraq and seven months each time, um, you know, not every day's not every day is certain. Not every day is a given. Not every day is 100%. And I think that, you know, and that's what I think we the guys here embrace. We also have the last thing about the Marine Corps also. The Marine Corps is very good about there's – uh, every guy top to bottom, the Marine Corps steps on the yellow footprints, you know, in San Diego when you go to Iraq and everything, whether you're a general or you're the PFC, everybody goes through that same gauntlet. And here, you know, whether you're undrafted free agent, college player, or you're 80 time, you know, I mean, two weeks ago, Robbie Coleman, 80 super rugby caps is taken out the trash as well. So everybody here at New Orleans, Nola gold has kind of fits that bill to wear multiple hats and no one's too big to pick up a broom. And I think those two mentalities kind of um, really builds that bond and that culture. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and, and I, you know, not to, to dig up a, a, a something negative or bad, but I think it was really evident for me as an Ola Gold fan, as I watched um, um, with the uh, absolutely devastating passing of Sean Riley yeah. and how much the team came together and bonded around Sean and his family. Uh, it was amazing to see. And, and, you know, for people that were close, they really got a bird's eye view of just how, special a guy he was, but also that bond that has been developed um, amongst the team over the last couple of years. So it's, yeah. it's really great to see from a fan perspective. Yeah, absolutely. I was really proud of our guys. And I know when his mother and his family was down here, obviously being from Ohio, they don't see all the day-to-day basis. Sean over the past years has said, Hey, I, you know, these guys, I love these guys down here. They love me. You know, I'm, I'm good. And I was really proud of our, our guys and our organization that she got to, you know, obviously you know, the two weeks that she was down here is very tough times, but the one silver lining of it is that she got to see that his past years down here, he was taken care of. He did, people did, you know, love him. We had his back. We we're with him. And like, again, I, I told our guys in some meetings and stuff that we had with Sean and you find out what you're made of and you find out how close you are and how tough you are and how, um, how much you, you know, love the guy to your left and right when adversity strikes like this, all the easy times are great. You know, all the easy times when you're, you know, you're uh, a college fraternity brothers, it's, it's easy to go to keg stand parties. It's easy to go to to the bars and do shots. You find out what you're really made of um, when you deal with adversity. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's funny because you could see this in in other teams too. I mean, Rooney going through their whole literally winter preseason, having to shovel the pitch. The Giltini's yeah. taking their whole camp to Hawaii, and you know people want to say, "Oh, they went to Hawaii," but that's four weeks away from their family. Four weeks that the team bond. Um, and speaking of bonds, you know, there's obviously a tight knit bond within the NOLA organization and amongst the players. Run, pass, or kick. What steps have you taken to foster this strong culture? Oh, you guys still there? Yep. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Just give the hold on one second. <laughs> We're here. We see you. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Sorry about that. Just screen popped up there for a second. Um, I will. Uh, um, I will definitely run, run with that. I think, like I said, to being, uh, I'll run with that for sure. I think it kind of segues into um, from the time in the Marine Corps as well and everything like that. But rugby players, 
in a lot of ways, uh, very similar to when you're like a platoon in Iraq. I think if you're all grown men here, all grown adults, a lot of professional athletes. Um, as far as fostering it, one of the biggest things is being honest, being honest with the guys, good, better, good. These are big boys. They're grown men. Um, being honest with them outright, letting them know that you have their back and you're with them hundred percent. Now, does that mean that you're all, you're going to have a 20 year contract and you're going to be here for life? No, but at the same time, you actually, um, you know, when, when the rubber hits the road, you know, you're actually there for them. You're backing them. You're there for them doing everything we can to succeed together. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, just being dead honest, you know, being dead honest with, and I, I really respect, I think Nate Osborne does an unbelievable job with that as well as our head coach. I've never seen a head coach, you know, my 20 years of rugby that, uh, you know, we, a lot of times there's coaches that they announce that roster and they just post it up. It's posted up in the hallway on Wednesday or Thursday. And Nate takes a time one by one for all the guys that were right on the fringe of making it right on the fringe and just missed it. He has a sit down discussion with them before he even tells the 23 that are in it. And I think that those are tough talks. Those are tough talks and emotionally draining to do that every single week. Um, you know, so I have a lot of respect for that. I think that kind of builds like, hey, you know, it's not great news right now this week. You, didn't, you missed the roster or whatever, but I'm being honest with you. I'm being open with you. I'm being man-to-man, open-door policy. I think that and, uh, you know, the players are a great mix of veteran guys with the new guys, eager to learn, willingness to learn, be versatile, learn multiple positions. Um, uh, that kind of goes hand-in-hand, again, with the Marine Corps where everybody kind of, um, you know, is willing to do multiple jobs. Um, I think that really helps. Yeah, and uh, it's it's funny you, you talk about um, the mix of guys. I've said from the get-go as soon as the 2021 season was starting to develop that that's one of the things I liked about Noah's roster is that it was very well balanced. You know, a nice balance of the core veteran group that's been with the team for a while. Um, some, you know, veteran new guys coming into the fold. We know Devin Short, obviously JP, um, and some of the uh, some other boys. And then, of course, some of the young guys that you, that you guys brought along. It was very impressive. Um, so with all that being said, you have this great group of guys, uh, DJ Coyle, everybody in rugby land knows who he is. Um, he wants to know run pass or kick. Will there be a 2021 NOLA gold fishing trip? And I think he really wants to know if he's going to be invited. <laughs> Got it. You know what I'll do? I'll get to go ahead and we'll make this one a neutral. I'm going to kick this one to Scott. Scott, <laughs> I'm going to it up for you here. From the time that you know, well, you know so far from what Rob has talked about with Nola Gold, what we've discussed about Nola Gold, all the stories. Uh, Tim Falcon has a awesome fishing camp on, you know, just outside in the just on the fringe of the Gulf. Do you think that there will be a 2021 <laughs> fishing trip with that information that I've been able to give you, and with the information that Rob has had? I mean, I'm sure there has to be. This this seems like one of those things that. If you're not invited to the fishing trip, like who really are, you know, are you really on the team? Are you really friends right. with the Falcons or friends with the organization? Um, will you invite Doug Coyle? I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I love Dougie, but maybe you should invite the big guy instead. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, but I'm, hey, I'm busting, I'm the, busting his chops. Rugby, so I think Scott and Robbie get the first dibs, you know. So. Well, I That's assume Rob's going, about. but, you know, if, if somebody's <laughs> going to take Dougie's place, it's going to be me. Um, but uh, moving moving on to the next question, and this is more of a um, philosophical question on, on the teams. You know, it's quite obvious that um, this league, there's different philosophies, right? Um, L.A., relying on the method of getting over those former Wallabies, those guys they have relationships with to, to get a good team going at the beginning of the season, at the beginning of a franchise. Um, NOLA, it's clear that they have a mission to develop young American talent. So run, pass, or kick. Is there a right balance between the two philosophies? 
I'm going to run with it. And I, I'm not trying to be, uh, not trying to, you know, be a ball hog. I was told to pass once in a while too, you know, I hate that, you know, but, uh, you, you, know, whatever you want. Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I love, you know, I'm not going to knock anybody for any, however they build their route. Anybody builds a roster. It's a, you know, there's you know more than one way to get after it. Um, I just, I personally have always felt, you know, that there's a lot of American talent out there, especially for the put in the right, the right environment, right culture. You know, there's a lot of college kids that are coming out there, unbelievable athletes and awesome. And they've been, you know, coached by, you know, just maybe it's just been an old boy helping out or something like that. And that's no offense, obviously, to any old boy. I'm saying that's just the fact that, you know, there weren't, there wasn't a physio, there wasn't a trainer, there wasn't film sessions, there wasn't lifting program. Um, versus, you know, obviously people coming from overseas and everything that have had that since they've been four or five years old, eight years old and junior, you know, so there's no wrong way to do it. There's a perfect, there can be a blend of it. Of course, uh, we're all about the draft. We're all about the college players and developing them. Um, it also takes, uh, um, you know, the creativity and the patience of, you know, you know, Nate, our coaching staff to like, you know, a guy like Moni who comes down your testimony, Dungawea comes down here as a center wing. And now the guy's, you know, on the fringe of the Eagle pool as a flanker, you know, so, um, and getting creative with it and op- just be- thinking outside the box, like, Hey, just because you got, just because you're eight men in college or eight men in high school, doesn't mean you can't play this way, this way, you know? So, um, and then there's and then there's ways too that you know LA obviously they're you know you got you know guys teams like LA and stuff like that that have an unbelievable stacked team Wallabies and you know great and I'm sure I guarantee you those players that are coming over are also contributing to their young players over there as well so just like ours are guys like Carl Meyer that are coming over JP Duplass you know um, you know guys that are eat capped Eagles Dolan and Dino Waldron I mean there's sometimes in two you know first couple of years where these guys in training camp are like man I've learn more in six weeks from Cam Dolan about lineouts than I have in the last four years, you know? So all of it, all of it is, you know, whatever way, whether it's a, you know, a foreign player that comes over and does that help, or if it's a, a American Eagle cap player, but um, you know, just to be frank and be honest, I do take a lot of pride in the fact that, you know, we are, you know, going after that American way and we are, mm-hmm. you know, selling foreigner spots sometimes for salary yeah. cap space or for, or for uh, draft picks to give kids, you know, give young, when I say kids, I mean young men coming out of college shots here and they're yeah. all in. And it's awesome to see how much dedication that when they get to NOLA, they put it all in the line. They put their career on the line. They put everything else on the line and they're just all in. And there's guys that have been here just since January. A couple of guys have been here since January that you can, it's been, it's been a little over three months and it's like, <laughs> This is unbelievable. I mean, he's, he's, you know, my whole scouting report that I had in January, I might as well rip it up because in April it looks completely different. He's, you know, so it's really, it's really intriguing, you know. You know, and, you know it's, it's funny. The biggest thing, too, the last thing uh, is just the versatility and the depth. I think it's a 16 yeah. game season. It's long, it's grinding. Sometimes you got to go dig into your backyard, dig into your deep into the player pool um, with injuries. Um, I mean, you know, we, you know, we've had even just this year, you know, JP Eloff, Nick Feeks, you know, just unfortunately Robbie Coleman in week two. I mean, we're in week two and we're already, you know, at fly half number four. You know, so, um, yeah. you know, that's, you know, you know, the deeper ones win, you know, and, and uh, the deeper you can get, um, and you only get better in rugby, you got to get out there on, and on the actual pitch and getting called up. Yeah. You know, and it, I think the versatility, you, you don't see it in just players that are on the fringe to get a roster spot. I mean, to, to bring it back to Matthew Bastro last year, Rooney was down two locks. Their, 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 uh, loose forwards had to move inside and Bastro was like, well, for me to stay on the field, I'm going to go in as an eight man. And you know, do what I need to do in in, in the breakdown, and and yep. you see that in a guy in his caliber, and you see it with a guy coming straight out of college, whatever they need to do to help the team. Right. Um, and I think, again, another philosophy that I think is over across every team, and it's great to see. Obviously, no having the injury trouble they have this year, it's it's tough to watch that, but also seeing guys step up, seeing you guys come in and get those those guys that might have been on the fringes to come on the team. It's very exciting to see. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and absolutely. one of the things that I, I've loved to see this season and I hope to see it continue is just what you said. Some of those college players, a lot of people questioned, you know, really a week is the draft that deep. Are these guys really going to be able to contribute? And yeah, already three weeks is. in. What's that? <laughs> What's that, Ryan? I said it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Mooneyham, Cook. Cook had a phenomenal week this last week, right? Awesome. Andrew Guerra, I mean, stepping up like a freaking man over the yeah. first two weeks. You know, mm-hmm. Cameron Dodson, Michael DeWall uh, didn't get a time last year because of ankle injury, stepping up for the AGs. And, you know, Aaron Matthews. So it's really great. Bronson Tellis. Yeah, yep. Bronson Tellis. So uh, on that note, talking about roster development, these young guys, uh, here's the question behind the scenes in the fall. You orchestrated – one hell of a savvy trade that brought JP Duplessis and 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 a developmental American player close to my heart, uh, Stephen McLeish, to Noah. Yep. Run past your kick. Can you share with the fans how that process came about? The nuances of your GM savviness. Yes. So yeah, I'll run with it. Yep, it's a good. <laughs> Tell us all your secrets. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was I'm taking uh, notes. Yeah, it was. Um, well, with JP at first, it was uh, you know it was a. 46 day grind. So it took 46 days from the initial conversation. And, um, you know, I, I'm, you know, speaking, you know, what I do know, obviously with respects to San Diego's and David Bull don't know, you know, hundred percent on all the little ins and outs of what happened back then. But I do know that there was got word that there, that um, San Diego was going to be uh, possibly moving on uh, with JB. I think they had a lot uh, kind of, uh, you know, thought process that maybe, you know, with Mananu, you know, uh, as well. And I look like maybe it looked like it was kind of maybe an either or situation. That's just from, you know, what I, what I was told. So I, you know, reached out to, uh, you know, San Diego with David Poole and um, it sounded like it was going to be a done deal that, you know, Mananu was coming back, looked like it was going to be kind of either or situation. Um, and then Mananu wasn't coming back anymore, but at that time that kind of engaged already, um, with the rights and with the the yes from uh, and the you know the approval from San Diego to have a conversation with JP and uh, had like a, the first chat I had with him was about three hours yeah and I think uh, just kind of everything all the parts lined up I think is and at that point in time it looked like he was going to be you know uh, San Diego's going to be moving on um, and then when Mananu kind of was not coming back um, they obviously kind of wanted to kind of maybe have a second thought on it. And, uh, you know, JP, just a loyal guy that he is, you know, already had that great three hour conversation and, you know, another, I don't know, 35, 36 days of kind of out sitting, out negotiating, waiting around. And, uh, and here, and here he is, you know, 46 days later. So it was all worth it. He's an unbelievable, um, and at 20 years I've been playing, he's, you know, he's, he's right up there. One of the, you know, one of the better players, but overall, so what he just does in the locker room as a team leader, um, respected and he's, you know, picks his spots. Um, do anything, you know, shirt off your back kind of guy for anybody. Great family man, unbelievable, awesome wife, uh, Chloe and their three kids. Um, and, you know, uh, Maddie, Sienna and Luke. And Luke is also, you know, one years old and he is Eagle eligible, you know, so uh, he is Eagle eligible. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, might have to get him a, you know, 2042 contract, you know. So, yeah, you know, he was born in San Diego, so he's Eagle eligible. Um, and then with uh, Stephen McGleach, uh, you know, before the draft, we actually brought Stephen down. Um, um, you know, Nick Feeks actually, you know, we watched, he was in the, he was on the, on the tape entering the draft. Uh, Feeks, he definitely vouched for him a little bit. Like he said, Hey man, he's, you know, he's young, you know, he's in and sure he's young, he's only 20 years old, young. And he's been, but he's, he's tough. He'll run through drywall for anybody like this tape a lot. We actually flew him down before the draft 
um, just to, to work them out, meet them, and, uh, you know, had a great conversation with them. And, uh, again, perfect developmental player. And uh, he ended up getting drafted. He, you know, only had, we had picked two and picked ten. And uh, then when he did, was drafted to L.A., uh, kind of kept it on our radar. And uh, also talking with Adam Fryer and everything from Los Angeles. And I just think where they were at on their roster just didn't have, you know, enough space for them. Um, and was able to uh, um, Lindsey Stevens, who um, was then possibly it was on a back of the back end of our roster, but wasn't 100 percent sure if he was coming back to the States. Has a very good relationship with Darren Coleman. Um, and uh, if he was going to be able to go to back to the States, it was going to be at L.A. So it's kind of a one for one swap that I was like, hey, Lindsey's not going to be coming back. Can't can only go to L.A. And uh, so I was able to, you know. Give, move Lindsay over and uh, get some extra cal- salary cap space as well, as long with getting a very good uh, upcoming developmental player with uh, Stephen McLeish, who is tough kid, runs through drywall for you, smart. Um, and uh, again, when I said earlier about guys that have improved just from January to April, kind of, you know, he's he's right up there. It's uh, it's interesting to hear the ins and outs, especially in a trade like that where there was foreign roster spots, there was salary cap space, there was a player involved. Um, and that was, I, I wouldn't say it was a blockbuster trade, but I would say it was the first trade of its kind in the MLR that was kind of upfront and, and, you know, that when you, when you announce, announce the signing, the details were, were announced as well. Um, and a lot of the, a lot of the fans don't get that insight a lot. Um, so it's very yeah. nice to see, uh, but talking about the NOLA roster, um, you've obviously NOLA has found some diamonds in the rough. Um, Tristan Blewett, Carl Meyer, Damian Stevens, Nicholas Bursick. If, if, you know, Rob, Rob creates the question. So I'm sure he probably had four or five more names on there. He wanted me to mention, um, but run pass or kick. What is your process in finding these young diamonds in the rough? Yeah. So my uh, process is honestly, it's, uh, all year long, um, all year long. I kind of had, you know, uh, you know, started when I was, you know, with the senior bowl with the NFL, Phil Savage went to senior bowls, gave me my opportunity there for the last three years, taught me kind of how to, how you watch film, how you watch film to the point where you're getting out of everything out of it, but you're not watching. He always used to say, you're not watching film for so much where the time where you're watching film for so long that the film is just watching you, you know, <laughs> um, you know but, uh, um, and just how to evaluate and stick to your board and stick to your, you know, stick to what you see. And then obviously, you know, uh, I'm not comparing NFL to this because it's completely different as far as where we're at, as far as, you know, there's, which is amazing. There's sometimes, uh, you know, you're signing a player where you actually overseas or something where you don't actually even physically actually meet them until you've already bought them a visa and <laughs> pick them up at the airport, you know, which is amazing because obviously like in the NFL, you meet them at the combine, you meet them, you have interviews the whole nine. But getting back to just our process, you know, and just um, especially, you know, in season, you know, we're always, you know, obviously in season, like something right now, always still waking up any email we get, any phone, you know, any guy that sparks it, we're always trying to turn over every stone and every rock. Uh, and just, you know, always check something because sometimes before you know it, you blow one off and sure, you know, you know, you see that guy two years down the road. So turning over everything and, um, you know, think, keep staying open-minded as well. Like, Hey, this guy you know, doesn't look at the great, you know, whatever tape they're watching, whatever you're, you're watching, but at the same time, be like, Hey, well, if he, you know, he's playing at that level. Yes. It's not the highest level, but if he gets in here, he doesn't have to be the star. He can get here. He can be a role player. He can develop. He can be on the men's team. He can be on the Academy and you give him two years and you give him our program, you know, do we see a little bit of a pathway in the future for him? Um, and then also just keep an open mind on the versatility. Nate is very good. I think we have a really good one, two punch with, uh, you know, you know, him and myself, as far as staying open-minded and our coaching staff as well, you know, Kane Thompson, Todd Fitzgerald, as far as like, you know, like, like I said earlier with a guy like Tessa Tungawia. So trying to find every way 
that a player can contribute and not just locking in. Sometimes rugby, I think sometimes evaluators in rugby sometimes get so dug into, well, he's only, he's a seven. He's not a six. Yeah. He's a six. He's not a seven, man. When the ball breaks out of the back of the scrum, just, you know, it's giving you the best 15 players, you know? So uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, kind of like that analogy with, you know, the Miami heat got together and you had LeBron and Dwayne Wade and, Chris Bosch and like, well, they're all small forwards. So what? They're all really good. You know? So, I mean, you know, I mean, so um, I think our evaluation just to get back to it and wrap it up in a nutshell is um, watch a lot of tape. We grind, a turn over every rock, try to communicate anybody that we get. We always at least write back something or put them on our radar, put them on our whiteboard and then stick to your board and stick to your gut instincts. Andrew Guerra is a perfect example. Here's another little insider on the, uh, during the draft. Um, you know, so we picked Brian Nolt number two, we had, uh, you know, number the number 10 overall pick as well. And uh, we had that and we had five minutes on the clock and got calls from multiple teams to um, make a trade to that spot. They didn't necessarily who, say who for, but we evaluated Andrew Guerra. We knew him. I've interviewed him multiple times. We worked him out. We stuck to our numbers on his work rate, his Bronco, the three or four coaching staff and coach members that we had. And, um, you know, we're current – and. I think we, you know, we stuck to the board, stuck to it, and uh, five minutes, and I think we made the pick with about seven seconds left on the clock. So <laughs> uh, stuck to it all the way down, and those kind of pressure moments to kind of like, you know, overreach on somebody or, um, you know, get excited about what maybe someone did overseas 10 years ago or something like that, you know, stick to your board, stick to your gut, and see where can he contribute to us now? Where, where can he contribute to us two years from now? Um, is he versatile? Is he consistent, tough? All those things are a massive piece for us and uh, um, the versatility and the consistency wins. And I think that goes from the top to bottom that we, you know, if we're going to look for that in a player, then myself as a GM and our head coach can stick to that as well. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, for one, as a Chicago and love the fact that you guys picked up Andrew Gary. He's a guy that came from uh, Chicago um, played, you know, with the tornadoes played, you know, out of the Midwest played with the lions. And it's really good to see him get picked up. And, you know, I was, he was a 5'10 guy, and I'm thinking, boy, he's a little small, but but um, man, he's really stepped up and played like a man. Like he reminds me of Neil Back, right? Yeah. For England. Like Neil Back just had this absolute motor, was strong, was fit, was fast, get around the pitch, would throw his body on defense and offense. Yeah. And when I saw when I saw Andrew play that first uh the, the first week, I was like, Yep, he's got the goods. Davey Williams, actually, just before we came on, he was just telling me our strength and conditioning coach, you know, told me that Andrew, uh, you know, you know, Gary in season, you know, we already went, you know, week week three in season here, and he just had a couple PRs in the gym in season, you know, and nice. you know, so, um, yeah, he's a he's a workhorse, and he's going to be a tough out for a long time, you know, and uh, first first Chicago Lions got a great history, and for him to come out of college and be named captain in his first year in that sevens, that says a lot. I think I called Dave Clancy before the draft, you know, probably so much that he was probably hitting ignore how many times I called him <laughs> every little possible thing to get on him. So I think just do you know just doing your due diligence and sticking to your board and grinding. It and uh, when you those interviews and um, flying guys down here before the draft, it was was a massive. Brian Nolt, Andrew Garrett, and Stephen McLeish, we all flew down, and Key and Barry, we all flew down here before the draft and interviewed them, met them, had lunch with them, worked them out. And all four of them that we did that with, uh, I feel like you know, we're 100% confident they're going to be here for a while. Absolutely. And it's good to see all those young boys on the roster. So um, I, I want to go to the, the next question. Um, we uh, week two against Rooney, uh, obviously uh, the goal take a, a hit. Their fly half and playmaker Robbie Coleman goes down um, late in the match. A um, couple questions here. It's a run pass or kick. First of all, what's his status? 
I don't know that, you know, outside of people in NOLA entirely yeah. know where he's at. And then um, I think more importantly for, for NOLA fans, they want to know, um, again, run past kick, how does Coach O plan to fill his shoes against Austin in week four coming up this week? Yeah. Yeah, so I'll run with it. And uh, for as far as for Robbie's status, Robbie, uh, fortunately for our unbelievable uh, medical staff with TISM, with Tulane Institute of Sport Medicine, we were able to get him in. Robbie had his surgery this past Thursday. He just had it on Thursday. Um, went up there and went over to the hospital, brought him a Zion Williamson jersey because he's a uh, you know, huge basketball <laughs> guy. Cool. And um, it, was a, it was a tough one. It was a tough surgery. You know, obviously ACL and had some MCL, PCL damage, you know, meniscus. It's going to be a you know, long road back on it. But Robbie, like he is, um, is extremely positive all about the team and family. When he came out of it in surgery and texting, first thing he says right off the bat is, I'll be back. And first thing he also, the second, or first thing he said even before that is, uh, whatever I got to do over these next couple months for the rest of the season, help out Nate with the attack, help out any of the players, anything I will be, you know, so he's, uh, which just shows a testament to his, his character. Um, wasn't about him, wasn't about, you know, just his first initial thought right off the bat is, uh, as soon as I get, you know, as soon as I get moving around a little bit, everything that I'll be instantly helping out the boys and helping out Nate to get after it. So, um, that just shows what kind of guy he is and, uh, we love him and we're with him and, uh, he'll, I, you know, I got nothing but confidence that he was, uh, he's, he's one tough dude, you know, so he'll be, uh, fighting all the way back. Um, and then for, uh, with, with coach, coach Osborne, as far as what we're doing at number 10 and getting into it, uh, Timmy Gilliam. Um, we got him, you know, Timmy Gilliam, we picked up right before, right as the draft, uh, the season started. Um, great player, um, you know, all-time leading scorer at Austin. Uh, the boys love him. They get on to him Im- immediately, you know. Um, and then last year with New England, and just as the rugby gods uh, line it up for you, his first start for Nola Gold is against Austin. His second one will be against <laughs> New England. You know, the two teams that he just played with, you know. So it's unbelievable how it lines up like that. But uh, I think it's also a testament to him and his character for Timmy. There was guys when Robbie went down on Saturday against Rooney, there was guys in the locker room that were coming up to me and said, if it's, you know, a couple of the team leaders and a couple of the guys, a couple of the senior leaders, um, just saying, hey, you know, I know obviously you got to do your job as far as looking for how the fly out, looking for what you got to do. But um, just to let you know, you know, it's your call. But we're all in with Timmy. You know, we love him. He, he operate, the way he runs the one way that he runs the pattern. A um, little different than Robbie. Robbie is obviously, you know, Robbie can, you know, dummy and cut it up on you a little bit, just like Timmy can. But Timmy's also, and what he did so well at Austin, um, he's a very good organizer. He gets everybody in the right place, gets keeps you in state, keeps you in shape, stays you know, the pattern in shape. And I think Nate, you know, really organizes well. And all he, you know, uses his foot well as well as far as kicking to the corners territory or, you know, being the all-time um, points leader at Austin. He's obviously dropped in a couple as well. So Definitely. Um, we're 100% confident, Timmy. We're all behind him, and uh, we'll be getting after it. And we're excited for him. He's ex- super excited. You know, he got his first cap of this last week as he got the last, you know, 12 minutes there against Rooney. And now he gets his first ever start um, against his former team. So um, right here at the goal mine at 330. So we're all in with him, and uh, we're excited going forward. Offset Ed Brewing Company, Chicago's premier location to watch rugby and enjoy quality ales and lagers for all seasons. Located in Mundelein, Illinois, in the heart of Lake County, owner Bruce Durr and the Tight Ed staff will ensure you are kept well hydrated so you don't miss a single scrum. Tight Ed staff room is like the familiar rugby clubhouse in which friends and families can meet, socialize, and enjoy the action of every Major League Rugby Derby that will electrify the 2021 season. The watch parties will happen every week throughout the season up to the Major League Rugby Final on August 1st. Hey Chicago, when you want rugby, Tight Ed Brewing Company will satisfy your thirst. Tight Ed, it's worth more than a try. Okay, so uh, next up, Ryan, we got a unique little segment. It's always fun to put the, the guys on the ground in the unique cities. 
to the test in what's called the quick tap segment. We're just going to ask you some either or questions and you just say what's ever on your mind there as to which option you would go with. So I'm going to start first since you're down there in New Orleans, the Crescent City, uh, New Orleans staple, etouffee or red beans and rice with andouille? Red beans, red beans and rice. That's my man. That's what I like to hear. I had some yes. good stuff down there two weeks ago. Sure is. Especially when you yeah. add that Tabasco to it. Tabasco all day. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. I got so geeked up about it. I'm going to make it here in the next week or two nice. just so I can kind of carry my, myself mentally back to New Orleans. <laughs> there you go. All right. Your speed, Saturday night on Bourbon Street or Sunday morning in the French Quarter? Saturday night, bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> like any kind of marine. The marine just shot out of him at that point. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, you know, I mean, I, I mean, they're both outstanding, obviously. You know, yeah. but I mean, I guess it, yeah, if I would probably, you know, French Quarter walk around on a Sunday during the Saints game or doing the NFLs on on the, in the fall and stuff like that is beautiful as well. Uh, in the summertime, it can get a little hot and everything. But there's so so much going on there on a Sunday. You can't go wrong. Flip a coin. Saturday night though on bourbon too. If you're, you know, going out with the wife and. Uh, you know, going out with the wife and the buddy and all the crew, the old boys, whatever, any of it, you know, there's always a good times there too, you know? So, um, it, 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 you can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. It's, it's that's, that's it's, just one. Kind yeah. of thing. Flip, a, flip a coin. You want to do a Saturday night or you want to do Sunday fun day? I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're both awesome. You know? What about a double header? Just do one. Yeah. Or the other, right? <laughs> Perfect segue. Stay right? away. You know, we got one going on this weekend, yeah. double header. Whoop. First one here in the MLR history, you know, right, right. here at the gold mine. Might as well just roll right into it. So Saturday oh, night and Sunday. Oh, hold on. Pump the brakes. We're going to get to that. We're right. getting okay. to it. Well, hold on. Hold, hold on. The, you know, it, this guy has been in the news recently, Prince Harry. You know, people people thought, you know, oh, he was naked in a Vegas hotel room when he was younger. I'm like, he's a rugby player. He's a Royal Marine. If he yeah. wasn't naked in a Vegas hotel room, there'd be something wrong. You know what I mean? Exactly. Uh, rugby player, Royal Marine that was naked. Well, you're not the first. So, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nothing new to see here, folks. Right. No. Okay. Better fan driven fun. The second line or Rooney Rooster versus King Creole. Oh, man. Yeah. That, <laughs> I would say, I mean, you can't the second line all day, but the Rooney Rooster one versus King Creole would be outstanding to watch, especially depending on. You know, might alter once in a while, and who's always jumping in there uh, in that King Creole, <laughs> coot, you know, suit? That would be outstanding as far as to see who uh, could pull that off. But uh, I'll go second. I'll go I'll, honestly. I'm always going to go with second line because what's amazing about uh, our people and our fans here. Um, it doesn't matter if it's at the gold mine or if it doesn't matter if it's at Shaw High School. Somehow, some way, they will find a way to make a second line parade. You know, a Rooney Rooster versus King Creole would be an awesome YouTube moment to see them go at it. <laughs> but at the same time, it'd be just that the second line parade is been there, done that, and is here to stay for a long, long time. And I think it's pretty awesome with 15 minutes before kickoff when our second line goes from our party shack around the whole field right up to your seat is kind of uh, – a really, really cool tradition that's going to be here as long as I'm here. So that's awesome. Yeah. And and as an aside for fans who don't know, Benji, uh, Benji Haswell, friend of the show, actually played the Rooney Rooster, and so he's at the after party outside, and uh, and Hanko uh, Hermeshai's sister was at the game from New York, and she right. comes up to him, you know, because he's South African, she's South African, and yeah. says, you know. That Rooney Rooster was kind of low budget, but, um, you know, but, but it's good to see that they brought their mascot and Rooney and, and everybody's laughing and she didn't know why. And suddenly, suddenly he goes, the Rooney Rooster was Benji. 
and right. that she would, you know, he lost it. Everybody yeah. lost it. It was <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It was so funny. And I wish <laughs> Doc could have seen it. Just a funny, great, great story. Listen, yeah. When that fight happens, when that real Cre- King Creole versus Rooney Rooster, it'll be me versus Benji, and we'll we'll, we'll really get <laughs> down. Go. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Put Benji in the King Creole suit. Yeah. All right, last one on this one: um, beer on a hot afternoon or coffee on a brisk evening? Beer all day, every day. <laughs> Again, man. I got a funny backstory on that too. Is because you know, speaking of JP, JP Dubuzzi, and a lot of the guys absolutely love coffee. And I'll give you a fun fact here. So, I in my life, I have had about two cups of coffee, and wow. I am not a coffee guy at all. So that's why, obviously, I'll pick the cold beer at, uh, for sure on a hot day. <laughs> Plus, cold beer on a hot day is awesome. I'll pick that every day. So that was a layup one for that one. However, if you would have asked me. Back in, you know, up to two years ago, cold beer or Mountain Dew would have been different because a funny story when I first started this job, I used to. This is a fun trivia fact. And I even wrote Mountain Dew. So for my first two years here, I was drinking 12 Mountain Dews a day. Jesus Christ. Well, 12 Mountain Dews a day up till uh, Thanksgiving of 2019. I quit cold turkey and I've had one since, but I will. And I promise you, this will be on YouTube. If we win the championship this year, I'm going to be slamming one and probably, you know, bonging one because I'm going to be just bonging a Mountain Dew. <laughs> you know, so I mean, I, it's two ice cold Mountain Dews, crush one, <sighs> down in one, and maybe even funnel one. Who knows? You know, so, and make make uh, sure you have physio there just in case exactly. the heart goes. Yes, have the physio right there. So, yeah, but for 2018 and 2019, I was drinking uh, about 12 Mountain Dews a day. So wow. I even wrote Mountain Dew to try to I even wrote Mountain Dew to try to you know get their logo across the front of the jersey, print that out a picture and sent it to them and everything. So um yeah, so Mountain Dew, if you're listening to this, give me a call. Yeah. <laughs> Easter sale. Yes, yeah. All right. Speaking of coffee, rugby coffee was born out of two passions, providing ethically sourced coffee and promoting the growth and development of rugby. By combining these two passions, the folks at Rugby Coffee see an opportunity to bring people together. And together, we can make a difference. Rugby Coffee invests 10% of their profits into giving kids opportunities to play rugby and projects that help uplift communities. These endeavors have been transformational in many kids' lives and uplifted and empowered these communities. The boys at Rugby Coffee have launched three distinct brews, Jouet Jouet, Champions Cup, and crowd favorite, which is a mild North American blend. Each brew has its own unique style and flavor. Get your brew and support youth rugby. A simple vision can be transformational. Rugby as a sport can inspire communities, bring hope, and provide opportunity. Rugby coffee, it's not just a game. It's a way of life. But now I feel terrible that I didn't drink coffee. (laughs) (laughs) If you're going to drink coffee, yeah. Yeah, if, if you're going to drink coffee, make sure it's rugby coffee. Yes. It's delicious. Um, since they've sent me. Ask me about it every single day. So eventually I'm going to crack off a couple of everything. That, but just never <laughs> came the only time I had a couple cu- couple of cups in Iraq was just to stay awake. But that was it. Other than that, it was always <laughs> doing, doing the do. Coffee yeah. and Rip Fuel and Mountain Dew. Yeah, was- Rip Fuel. <laughs> rip Fuel. Look at that over there. Rip Fuel. Well, stuff. while you were in Iraq hitting Rip Fuel, I was in college hitting Rip Fuel and slamming Red Bulls oh, to man. stay awake. We got, so. that first, we got that first pallet in one time in Iraq. We, yeah, I was, we were in some tough spots where you basically, you know, got mail once a month. And all of a sudden, one time he got mail and they sent the pallet <laughs> to Rip Fuel. And that was just lightning in a bottle. That was amazing. <laughs> you know, so. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> God. That's so funny. Um, we're going back to the run passer kick. Um, you know, uh, last year the team moved its pitch from Shaw High School to the Gold Mine on Airline. 
Um, this season, it's also shifted its offices to the gold mine as well. Yeah. So run, pass, or kick. How important has that shift for everything, for the entire operation, been for the gold? Oh, that's an easy one. Run, it's it's been, uh, you know, it's unbelievable. Like, I mean, it's been like kind of uh, changes our whole, you know, changes everything about, you know, our establishment. I mean, obviously, like you said earlier, Shaw's been, was unbelievable what they did for us. Salty of the Earth people, people at Shaw are just unbelievable what they did to, and get it up and going. Tim Falcon. Um, what he, you know, connections there to get us up there for the first two years, and even hats off to all of our fans. Doesn't matter where it was, Shaw, the gold mine, or if it's at Twickenham, you know, those they're, they're going to have a great time and a great party. Um, but to get into uh, the gold mine, to have the ability to have, uh, you know, for everywhere from the merchandise, you know, to our people in the front office, the ticket booths, having meetings, all the way down to our players in the locker room, um, our, our practice pitch that's going up, um, you know, just. Every, our physio room with, you know, Tulane, everything screams, our, our new gym that just went into the batting cage area where we were at, you know, everything just screams professionalism, you know, um, you know, even Hanno Dirksen, who just arrived here the other day, said that ours is right up there as far as training facility is better than the Ospreys, um, you know, over wow. you know, overseas. Yeah, he said, no, this is, I've been wow, to the Ospreys crazy. 12 years. This, you know, the stadium's unbelievable, but I mean, as far as what you guys <laughs> got here, this is more of a professional setup, you know, just as not the best. So it goes from, you know, like I said, at, Puts us on the map for recruiting wise. Um, people see that. People see games. Some of the emails or text messages you get from players that are trying to reach out and trying to come over. Uh, first thing they say is, "Yeah, I saw that gold mine on TV. It was unbelievable." You know, you guys are training there full time. You guys are there full time. Um, you know, every, you know. So it went. It was night and day. It's absolute night and day the where it went to, and it put our, um, you know, our franchise at a whole new level on the map. Uh, uh, real quick, you talk, I. am sorry. About I just had a. Fl- yeah, I had a follow up, Rob. Sorry. Um, you know, I, you were talking about the, the Ospreys facility and, and what Hannah was saying. So I wonder if it's a, a culture thing, you know, knowing a bunch of the guys around the MLR, you know, I know seven or eight gym rat guys. And, you know, generally because most rugby players are quote unquote crossover athletes or dual sport or triple sport athletes, you know, they spend a lot of time in the gym. So I'm wondering, run pass or kick, you think it's an American culture thing that we might have better gym facilities just because we have that gym rat mentality? Yeah, that's a, I mean, I'll run with it. That's, that's a good, that's a good thought. I mean, especially like you, you know, so many multi-sport athletes over here mm-hmm. that it crosses over. And I think uh, the United States does a very good job, especially, you know, guys, you know, think outside the box when it comes to the gym, there's always something that they're, there's always another itch that they're trying to scratch in the gym. You know, they get into a rhythm, yeah. they do a six week program. And then they heard about this during that six week program. So two weeks later, they're trying something out. They're trying, you know, they're sort of always looking for more and they're always hungry and looking for more. And there's guys like gym rats that you got to kick out where, um, I swear yeah. to God, every single Sunday that I drive by our old gym, you know, so before we had ours here, somehow, some way, John Sullivan found a way to lift in the morning and get one in before it closed at five o'clock. And I'm like, man, I'm literally going to revoke. I'm going to revoke your membership. I'm gonna revoke <laughs> You're getting too big. You're getting you too get big. Like, you know, so um, and there's always guys that are just hungry and trying to find every extra edge, you know, and guys like Andrew Guerra as well. You know, those guys you know, just speaking of him earlier, you know, guys like Carl Meyer, you know, guys that just put in, you know, watch every single thing that they eat, every single thing, watching YouTube video, trying to get better and better. So you coincide that with, you know, a new thing that came out in the gym or just a new gym in general, uh, you know, those meatheads love it. <laughs> you know, it's funny you say that because on Sunday, so, so on Sunday when I was down there, I got invited, of course, to, to, there was a little bit of a, a social down there and yep. um, we're driving by trying to find it. And um, like, I, I go, Hey, Benji, I think I just saw Feeks. He's going to the gym. Yeah. That's our old like, one right there. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. was Sunday. And I'm like, 
you know, here's the social going on. Feeks is getting his workout and getting his knee strong. So Always. it's good to see. But on that note, you know, as you talked about professionalism, um, for those that don't know, you know, folks outside NOLA Gold fans outside New Orleans, uh, the facility is right across from the Pelicans and the Saints training facility. Yes. So run, pass, or kick. Our general sports fans in New Orleans seeing the gold as a legitimate professional sports organization in its own right because of this marriage of having the sports complex out near the gold mine. Absolutely. I'll run with that. I think that, I think it does. You know, especially, they're literally almost like right in the same cul-de-sac, you yeah. know, I mean um, the Saints, Saints, Pelicans and us are all three professional sports teams, not only just in New Orleans, in the state of Louisiana are right there in the same exact backyard and cheering. And we all have a working relationship with them. You know, know Jeff Ireland real well, the assistant GM with the Saints and, um, you know, getting a couple you know, Tristan Blue at the tryout. Carl Meyer might get a look here for punting as well here after the draft. Um, you know, Dennis Loucher, the president of, uh, you know, the Saints, everything that is, you know, very good and all the higher ups and everything that have an unbelievable relationship with Tim Falcon as far as working together. So um, I think having all those connections um, and having the really good, you know, professional work environment uh, all around each other has been outstanding. And with just, just being in that area, like, you know, like you just said, you know, I mean, um, when you see the Saints facility, which is outstanding, the Pelicans facility, and then you see Nola Gold, and you got a guy like Hanno that said been 12 years over in Ospreys and said that ours is better than that, that makes it legit. That makes it legit to the average mm -hmm. fan that, you know, we all know rugby. You know, we know rugby. There's grassroots of rugby, how we came up. But to the average fan that you're trying to sell it to, to tell them that they're going to go to a Saints game in the fall and then come to a you know professional – both of them are professional. One Saints game in the fall and a professional rugby game in the spring – they want to see the same comparison. You know, they want to see, they want to see all the attention, the detail of a professional environment. And that's what I think that the gold mine is really bringing. And we're going to stick, we're going to stick with that facility. And, and you had just said that you brought the, um, the gym to the gold mine in the batting cage area. So run, pass or kick. What's the next thing for the gold mine? Uh, the next thing is to finalize here shortly, which is kind of going at the same time as our uh, right outside. As soon as you turn the corner around the Saints facility, between the Saints and uh, the gold mine, is a big open space right there that actually the Saints are letting the, our brand new training pitch will be going in as well. Nice. And by having that as well, we train there every single day, all of our locations. We are still right now, we're able to train every day at the gold mine. We have a big enough area on our main pitch to use some uh, use our pitch and use outside of the pitch. Um, but they have that right there. Plus, then that opens up. So much stuff that we can do as far as, um, you know, CRCs, you know, national championship for men's high school national champion. They have two legit uh, pitches right next to each other at the professional level. Opens up so many doors to bid on opportunities, mm -hmm. like I said, for men's and women's collegiate national championships, sevens, fifteens, and, uh, you know, use soccer, use rugby, whatever, you know, you know, you know any, all the stuff that we can continue to do in the off season as well. Um, again, there's not that many teams in the league right now that are able to have, your own facility that not only like, wow, beautiful stadium. Yes. But you're only there the eight Saturdays to be able to have it every single day of the week. I mean, I'm sitting in here talking to you right now at it, you know, so, and the gym at it and the training pitch um, makes it really convenient and really easy. And I'm really proud of it. Absolutely. And just as an aside, for those that don't know, there's actually a swimming pool in what was the outfield, yeah. right? So <laughs> I, I've heard there's some pretty cool plans for this, perhaps some, you know, bridal showers or whatnot. And there may be some player appearances who aren't playing that day. They might be showing up down there and, and uh, sporting their wares, so to speak, from what I understand. That is also on the, that is also on the docket. <laughs> Coming soon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's great. Tell McLeish Props to hit the gym so he's ready to go. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, props and budgies, what every woman wants to see on their wedding. <laughs> Whatever. Yep. Bingo. <laughs> All right. So um obviously this fourth week coming up um in MLR action, Noah will host a double header. Again, you mentioned it earlier. Um, yeah. you know, the first, you know, actually pitch in the league rather than Las Vegas. Uh, that will host a doubleheader. Uh, LA will play Toronto, so you got the Giltinis, and then you've got Nola playing the AGs, so the Gilgronis. Um, so run faster kick. Uh, how important is this event uh, for the Nola Gold organization and the league? Yeah, I'll. Uh, well, I'll I'll run with it, but also you know I'll offload. I'll run a little bit and then I'll offload with it. <laughs> okay. As far as because I'll, I'll float that you know back at you, Rob. I gave one to Scott earlier. Um, it is important because I, I think the biggest thing for us is obviously, especially with this COVID year, it kind of shows, uh, you know, um, you know, Tim Falcon. I got like Tim Falcon and everything that'll give you the shirt off your back and do anything we can for it. Obviously, this trying year with COVID and, you know, the schedule changing up a little bit. And, you know, God bless, you know, Toronto. I got I give nothing but props and nothing but respect yeah. for them. You know, they pack up and move six months, you know, about moving down to Atlanta, living out of you know, apartments, hotels, and everything like that. So um, I think it's the only rugby way in the courtesy way to do everything we can to give them, you know, to host it if they're having issues at the time, they're just the alignment with the scheduling to have, you know, home games, multiple, a double header there in Atlanta. Um, so it is a tough one. And I've told Mark Winkor and Kevin Battle talking to LA and Toronto, both of them to keep that in mind that obviously a double header uh, back to back is tough and doing everything I can, but God bless both of them that they're just like, Hey man, you know, we appreciate, you know, everything that you're you know, able to do as well. So, um, you know, obviously we're trying to do the best rugby host that we can. Um, but that's a good thing about a lot of rugby people is that, you know, they're just like, Hey man, we're just excited to be here, excited to play. Let's get it out. We don't need all the belt, you know, do everything we can possibly do to make it professional for them but i would kick it back to you as well rob as i'll offload at the five you know five meter line here and you can dunk it over <laughs> not, a, not a down between the sticks for an automatic seven um you know um i mean from the outside looking at for us here at gold i told our our guys today when we were talking before film that you know it's not going to affect them at all the game's at 12 30 we play at 3 30 i want to do your daily routine as you know rugby players and all professional athletes are very routine very game day. Yeah. You throw them off for a loop a little bit. They're like, what, what happened here? You know? So stick to your plan, stick to your daily routine. We have lunch, all this stuff, play pregame warm up for us all at the same time. But from the outside looking in, when I say outside, outside of the gold mine here, what do you guys think as, as, as fans or just outsiders? Like, what does it look like? Or um, I'll be honest a little bit that I didn't think that it'd be as a, um, a bigger or big as announcement or a massive announcement as it was for everybody. I thought it'd be just kind of like, yeah, Nola gold's helping out Toronto and LA. But when you see some of the announcements and it's in America's rugby news and everything like that, like, oh, that that's that's awesome. I mean, I'm all about the announcements, but I guess it's from our spec spectrum just because we're so tunnel vision on the next opponent, the next game, right, the next, right. you know, we're not thinking about it as as the outside looking in like you guys. So I would see what do you guys think? So so I would say well, you hit on the one piece, which is the the fact that we know Toronto is having some logistical issues, always getting their matches consistently scheduled because you know Life University obviously needs that field to play its college programs, right. and obviously rugby ATL is taking up some of that space. So you're helping them logistically get their match in on the day they would normally get it in, right? Um, and you know obviously the Coliseum is an expensive place to you know to to host a facility. It's a great facility, but again, I think it helps. Um, you know, alleviate some of these pressures of COVID. You can have more fans. You can, you know, split some of the gate and work out some of those pieces. I think that's why the fans appreciate it because it, it, it does give the appearance that the NOLA gold 
as an organization are really trying to help other organizations be just as successful as they are. But I think a bigger piece of that for me is branding. Like, what is the long-term impact of this? And now, while it looks like a baseball field, it is now transitioning to be a rugby-built, purpose-built facility that can host multiple rugby events, right? And so what do I think of? I think of down the road, and I, you know, we're going to have a question like uh, developed around this here in a minute. But you know, we all we all hope and believe and and pray and and dream that the Rugby World Cup will be coming to North America at some point. And there's yeah. got to be rugby purpose facilities that can host some of those pool matches, right? So you're branding yourself and positioning yourself to be a rugby only facility um, that can host and will host big rugby events. So right. that's my perspective. Yeah. Oh, Scott, if you have any thoughts yeah. there. Well, I think from the, the fans' point of view, um, you know, they had the original schedule, then they had the change in schedule. So I don't know if they really thought about it. So seeing that it was a doubleheader, I think, surprised the casual fan. Um, for me, it just made sense. Why have Toronto, quote-unquote, lose a home game to travel all the way out to the West Coast, you know, when they can just travel to Louisiana and it's, it's a little – we're lightening their load as much as we can to have that home match experience. Um, I mean, you saw it in their first two matches that travel kind of killed them, you know, and then they, they, they came on last week. Um, so I think it's just, again, all these teams know the issues Toronto's having. They're trying to help as much as possible. Nola gold ATL. I'm sure if Rooney ever finds a, a home field, they would, they would have uh, had, you know, given them, you know, something, you know, free jacks. It depends on what state you're in, unfortunately. And, and that's just sure. how COVID is. Um, but talking about what Rob was talking about and kind of getting back to the to the questions here. So on Memorial Day, the gold mine is going to host the CRCs. Um, I've I've been there a couple of times in Philly. It's it's fun time. Um, I guess Rob, Rob wrote a question, but my my question is: Run, pass, or kick? Is the gold mine trying to become Rugby Town 2.0? Oh, along with it. Uh... I don't, you know, we, I mean, you know, we'll call it the, you know, gold mine 1.0, you know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I get, I get what you mean as far as, you know, um, absolutely. I mean, you know, that's what I think the whole vision is, you know, and that's what kind of the whole mission is, but if you can have two, you know, you have your, the main pitch that we got right there and you have, um, right here at the gold mine, we get that training pitch up and going here shortly and you have two awesome places, awesome facilities in the, you know, with good weather. You know, for in the spring, and that you can host those things, like you were just talking about earlier. I mean, even, you know, even like a, something like this this July. You know, we're on the road. You know, USA is playing Canada. I don't know. You know, we're on the <laughs> no on the road right there, July second. Do you want to do it right here at the gold mine? Maybe. You know, so, um, you know, and it's available, and especially especially this year would be the year to do it. You know, maybe something like that mm-hmm. with COVID, where only limited limited um, states can have even have fans. You know, so it sounds like, oh, you can only have 3,000. Well, that's probably 3,000 more than some states can have at all. You know, so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that where you get get test matches, get some matches in the summer, get a seven, you know, big sevens tournaments or high school, you know, the youth, the camps and everything like that. So to answer your question, long long answer, Scott, is that, uh, yeah, I think that is kind of the vision and the setup as far as being able to have two awesome pitches right there. Um, having a, you know, tournaments like that where you're playing on both and the championships right there at the goal in the middle. Um, keep on expanding from there. I mean, that's just too, who knows what can keep on coming more bleachers, more setup, more stuff in the outfield, expand that, you know, 10,000 people stadium, maybe it gets a little, you know, keep on adding on every year. Um, and I know, you know, just obviously the state and everything been working great with us. The fact that, you know, just kind of timing is everything where the baby cakes end up leaving and, 
perfect tenant to fill right in. And um, mm-hmm. we're putting people in the stands and people in the seats and getting excited. So uh, I'm sure, you know, the, the relationship with the state and everything that's only going to continue to grow and continue to get better. That's awesome. And I alluded to it earlier. So I'm going to put you on the spot on this one. Um, <laughs> you talked about USA Love Canada, it. but I'm going to put you on the spot even more. So run pass or kick. If the rugby world cup was hosted by North America in 2027 or 2031 as suspected, um, would New Orleans submit or NOLA uh, through New Orleans uh, submit a bid to host part of the tournament? I'll run with it. I don't. I wouldn't put anything behind Tim Falcon, you know. So he'll 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 do he'll he'll take a shot. That guy that guy um, you know doesn't know how to fail, and he doesn't know how to. And when you, if you challenge something like that, I think it gets him even more excited, you know. So I'm sure, uh, sure, you know why not? You know, I mean, right. I, obviously, you know, I, I don't. I think we'd take a. You know, crack. Who knows? You know, and you know the first professional. Tim always talks about this. I forgot exactly. I want to say Wasp, and I think he told me maybe it was Bristol, maybe Wasp and Bristol. The first ever professional game here was played at the you know at Superdome. You know, Wasp and Bristol back Wasp Wasp and Bristol uh, back in the I think eight late eighties, early nineties. You know, here so late early nineties, and uh, Tim was part of that. Tim was part of setting that up and bringing that here. So uh, I wouldn't put it past Tim Falcon to be able to make something like that happen. You know, so. That's why I call him swamp water, man. He gets down and dirty and gets it, gets it done. Um, like and just, you, know, you, say, you, you say that, he, you know, oh, that can't happen or this, you know, when we always have kind of an inside joke and I made him a poster last year for our season opener. Um, when he, when he first, when Tim uh, first hired me, uh, February 13th, 2017, uh, I, you know, got settled in a couple of days later, I had a big whiteboard and on the bottom when Tim and I were going around and, you know, people were kind of like, Oh, that's never going to work. That'll never work. You know? <laughs> Where are you guys playing? Don't know. Who's on your team? Not sure. When does the season start? No, no clue. Um, you know, what's your guys' team name? I don't know. You know, who's on the team? Well, right now Tim's at prop and I'm at flanker. You know, so <laughs> don't know. You know, uh, you know, so all that stuff. And I had on the whiteboard, this will never work, you know, dash everybody. And uh this year when we last year we moved into the gold mine for our uh, season opener last year against DC. I you know, I had a big poster put in his office that had this will never work, everybody, you know. So go from uh, no everybody said no chance, never work, and two years later he hit the gold mine. So um, you know, when you tell the guy uh it can't be done, you know, I think he just gets more excited. You know? Okay, just in case Tim is listening, it'll never work that uh the, the rugby rant team will be invited to the rugby <laughs> world cup matches down in New Orleans. It'll never work, Tim. <laughs> exactly exactly he's probably already on the phone right after that happened. Yeah. yeah i mean that's that's one of those things it's great bulletin board material and you're you're a football guy i mean that's bo shenbeckler right when everybody yeah. was dropping out at michigan when they were losing what do you say those will stay will they will be champions and then he goes on the 10-year war with woody hayes and 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 wins that that whole exactly. classic you know from the 70s and 80s um and and it's funny you were talking about the Noel gold um the facility and get the two pitches and the main pitch and I mean, from what we and Rob know, having friends down in Houston, Houston's looking to do the same thing. So yeah. I think it's on every team's radar to get in the position where one, they can host obviously any type of international match or any type if the Prem wants to come back or, you know, maybe Super Rugby comes or Pro 14, whatever, but also be the place that the Eagles can play when they decide they want to play, you know, Rugby Mexico in a test match or they want to play the Argentinians exactly. or something. And exactly. it could be geolocated and it just doesn't always have to be in Colorado or, you know, in, in, on the West coast. So it's great to see that the organizations are, are looking uh, to the future. So speaking of that, we're going on our last question. It's a two-parter um, run pass or kick. How would you define success for Nola gold in the short term, which I'm going to say is this season. And also how would you define success 
in the long term, which I will say is the next five years. Wow. Great one. Okay. Uh, I'll run with it. Cause I guess I've just been a ball hog, you know, so I'll <laughs> running with it, you know, so just, uh, don't, I guess I don't have a left-handed pass. So I just been keep on running, you know, but um, yeah. Uh, you know, so the run for the first part of it to answer for success this season is obviously, and I don't want to sound like it's unsuccessful season. If you don't win the championship, Every, that is our goal. We would love to win hundred yeah. percent. We want to be there at the end of August 1st. Um, however, um, coming a notch down from that, that doesn't necessarily mean it was an unsuccessful season. If you know, you could still a lot you could do so a lot you can build up. It's a long grind. Mm-hmm. It's all a 16 game season and we're here to stay. So it's not like it's all of a sudden we're just all in for 2021 and we don't win it. We're done. You know, we're not, you know, rebuilding next year or something. It's successful season to me would be, um, and I told the guys this, you know, um, you, you show up to the facility every single day and you can put it, you know, you can check in and you can give us every single thing that you got day in and day out. And you look to improve every single possible day. Uh, Bill Walsh has a book called the scoreboard will take care of itself, you know, and he says that, you know, multiple times that, uh, you know, he never got really nervous on game day because he felt if they prepare every single day, they give everything, you know, you lose, you prepare, you do every single thing you're supposed to do every single day, grinding, eating right, watching film, coaching, adapted, you know, learning, developing, and you lose 22, 21 at, at the 80th minute. That's sports. That, that, that happens, yeah. man. The other team across the way is pretty damn good too. You know, that's just going to happen, you know, so I can live with that. You give us every single thing you got um, day in and day out from our coaching staff, you know, myself included is in that mix, you know, top to bottom coaching staff front off. Everybody can, that would be a successful season to me. And I would, I would not being cliche or copping around that answer. I'm just saying that I feel confident enough in our roster and our coaching staff that if we can do that, if we can consistently show up and do that on a week in and week out, day out, day out basis and deal with the adversity um, from COVID to on the road to ending the season with six straight road games, whatever it is, all that stuff, playing in the heat, all that stuff, you know, injuries, you know, God bless the loss of our fellow brother, Sean Riley. You could do that day in and day out. That's all I ever ask for you. And I'll take my, I'll take the chance in our odds that if we do that with our roster, we'll come out successful. I mean, we'll be, we'll be there at the end. Um, and five years would be the be able to build that. I would, from a personal standpoint as a GM, I would love to continue to see a guy like, you know, just using a name, you know, Jack Webster to Stephen McLeish. As we're sitting here talking in 2021, then five years, they're household names. I think that as a staff and as a roster, and as a GM, that if I could see that, um, that, you know, sometimes people get evaluated, at, you know, in, in sports on their draft that they picked like, you know, nine months later after one season, it's like, man, the yeah. guy's on a four-year contract. Give him some time. Give the guy some time. Yeah. He'll build the thing. You know, if you're getting hired as a GM in the NFL and you're, you know, picking up an 0-16 team, there's a reason why you're getting hired because the team was not good before you were there, yeah. you know? So, um, and you know, we are every year we're steadily growing three and five missed the playoffs. So year one by one bonus point year two, uh, top of the table for a long stretch had some massive injuries obviously with Benny Tarr breaking his neck and you know Kyle Bailey and you know Scotty Gale out and and uh, came up just a point short and that's how it shows the parity of this league as well is that we win that last game against San Diego in 2019 we're the one seed we lose and we're number five and we're the first one out so my point is not to talk about that is every year just to keep on growing every year to keep on growing our youth numbers expanding our academy numbers are expanding guys that were drafted in 2021 are now in the starting rotation maybe in 2023 or 24 or 25 you know after 2 3 years of developing um and continuing the backbone of our our brotherhood and our culture and not changing that we're not selling out to um well this guy is just we're going to roll out the red carpet for this guy and do everything because he played here he played there everybody is going to stick to our standard you know um 
that's one thing that's not going to change. I, you know, picked up, you know, picking up players at the airport or something like that, you know, uh, that, <laughs> taking personal pride in that. Like, Hey, that's a time to meet, have a chat, have a talk. Nate Osborne yeah. every single week, one-on-one with players where they go into his office, which is bigger than my first apartment that I had. Um, it's massive, you know, and the guy's got two couches in there and he's like, yeah, sometimes we just have like a, almost like a, just a one-on-one chat and nothing about rugby with every guy, just about how his family's doing, how his wife's doing back home, you know, keeping that, keeping relationships like that forever. Um, you know, and guys that are, you know, the next couple of years, if guys retire as they leave and go, I think we take a lot of pride in guys that have played here and then are no longer playing here. You know, the guys like Zach Striffler, you know, the guy Zach Striffler flying him down and we're, you know, he's flying down in June and signed a one day contract to retire, you know, and he's our, yeah. all-time, he's our all-time leading tackler, you know, so stuff like that where, you know, Taylor Howden plays for Houston, you know, we see him and we go to Houston, you know, he's our first ever captain. I drove up to Ohio to go and, you know, try to sign him from Louisiana, you know, so stuff like that, that, Built those guys that built the backbone here, um, relationships that you built and keep that brotherhood and that bond and that culture. That's what that's what would be my five year plan. And it's it's good to hear a GM talk and not just talk about you know the tactics of picking up a player, but talking about how the whole organization interacts with the players on a personal level. And I think that's an insight again that sometimes the fans don't see, and that's not because. It's not there. It's not that every team doesn't do it that way. You know, there's only so much, you know, you could put out on social media a day. And, you know, a lot of it, uh, you know, is not behind the scenes stuff, unfortunately. Um, but honestly, for for a, for a guy who's picking and going on pretty much every question, um, you did really good uh, in the run, pass, or kick. I mean, I think uh, it was. <laughs> oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just tried, you know, and. Just one more thing we touched on there, Scotty, as well, is that, you know, it starts kind of like, you know, you know, with our owner and guys like Tim Falcon that'll kind of, you met him, Rob, down here, you know, oh. kind of guy that'll give you a shirt off your back. Well, doesn't look for it. Yeah, doesn't look for any of that credibility. Doesn't mm-hmm. want it, doesn't look for his name to be in this or do it for that glitz and the glamour. Most of the things the guy does sometimes he doesn't, you know, doesn't even tell anybody, you know, doesn't tell, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that kind of, and players see that as well. I mean, then we're out there in July and we're playing touch and there's Tim Falcon out there playing, you know? <laughs> and then on a Sunday, you know, he has his title on his business card, like, you know, you know, team owner or chairman or CEO, or I'm sorry, owner or founder, but also he's the head groundskeeper because on a Sunday you know, at 8 a.m., Tim's cutting the grass at our practice pitch. Sometimes, <laughs> you know? So that's just the kind of guy he is. And when the owner's doing that, and then you got guys like Davey Williams as a coach, uh, SNC coach who could run with the boys. Kane Thompson, who's a forwards coach and still running a 450 Bronco at 39 years old. It sets the standard for some of these guys, you know, and it says, and Nate Osborne the other day, like they were trying to get in the shape and Nate Osborne steps in and goes, watch this. I got it. And boom, steps in and puts him <laughs> oh, right through on the league pass, you know, and it just hit him flat and right through. So um, when you got, you know, that's kind of sets the standard around it. And like I said earlier, you know, Robbie Coleman um, is, you know, 80 super rugby caps. He's taking out the trash just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. So it's Kyle Bailey, the captain. So is JP Duplessis, he's the vice captain. So team leaders all do it. Doc Irie, um, in, currently in the United States Navy. And so, so that culture and that, that family is what we really kind of build off. Well, Ryan, it's been uh, an incredible experience, obviously, from an Illa fan to be able to share this time with you. But I, I think MLR fans all around the league will certainly appreciate the time you're given and the insight you're given on to, you know, how the NOLA Gold operate organizationally, how you operate as a general manager and some of the great things that are on uh, the horizon for the gold mine and the NOLA Gold as an organization. So uh, we appreciate your time. And um, just, you know, as we close out here, uh, is there anybody that you want to thank or sh- give a shout out to uh, before we close it out? 
my family back home, you know, uh, I'm in my family right here at home. You know, when I say home, I say back home because I'm at, you know, at work. I'm saying not right down the road. <laughs> you know, they, you know th- this whole entire hall, you know, my, you know, my wife, Callie, my kids, everything that, you know, when you do this, when you build something, you start from day one and the grind, um, you know, there's a lot of hours. There's a lot of time. There's a lot of multiple hats you have to wear. There's some Saturdays that pop up. There's some stuff on the calendar where it looks like it was empty and then something changes. And now we're working eight towers, you know, where thought it was going to take an hour and it took four, you know? So, um, they've been, you know, with it from, uh, day one, my family back home is, uh, in Wisconsin is just unbelievable how much they support, you know, the heck out of us down here and love us. And then honestly, also, you know, obviously all of our players and all the hard work, they do anything that, but their wives as well, you know, section 219, our wives and wives and girlfriends section where all they're all at, they put, they put a ton of sacrifice into, especially this year with COVID and everything. Um, you know, those, you know, they, they really are the backbone. I've said it before, you know, at some of our banquets and stuff that it, um, our fans, you know, it takes an entire city to win a championship, top to bottom. You know, you need everybody from the fans base, everybody in it, that that culture, that bond, the, the vibe, um, some of the tries that we had last week, some of the photo shots, even my mom said back home, and she's like, it looks like everybody just loves, the guys love each other down there. <laughs> you know, the fans love it. The guys love each other. They're so excited for each other when you score. And um, the, the, I think the fans feel that as well, you know, so they're with us through thick and thin and, you know, you know, we love them. And uh, from top to bottom, from our owner, Tim Falcon, all the way down to every single fan, um, we're going after everything come August 1st. But right now it's just about Austin. So just going after Austin. Go. Yeah. yeah, we're we're on we're on to Austin, right? We're, we're on, to, on Austin. to Austin. And thank you guys very much. Thank the last oh, yeah. thing. Got, I, got, I got time for you guys any day. I'll come on this anytime. <laughs> you, guys you guys are awesome. Love the questions. Love the setup. Love the scenarios. Um, sorry for being a ball hog. And, uh, you know, but, uh, <laughs> Listen, I, get we love it. I, I get, I get excited. I've been called a lot of things in my life, but I haven't been called quiet ever. So, <laughs> um, you know, so I get excited about it and I'm passionate about it. And, uh, so like I said, sorry for, uh, running and not passing and kicking as much. Well, so we, we do call it the rugby rant for a reason, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and uh fans rugby rant fans thank you so much for joining us on this edition of the run passer kick uh i'm scott ferrara that's rob the hammer Hammerschmidt, and that's ryan fitzgerald the gm anola gold and also for our co-host ty braga who couldn't be here with us today thank you for watching and we'll see you we'll see you guys at the next you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.